This is the Marked Podcast from Life by Women. We're your hosts, Mary Margaret West and Elizabeth Heineman. Each episode, we'll talk about what God's doing, how he has and is marking each of us. Sometimes that will be through interviews and sometimes we'll have conversations around the table. We are so glad you've joined us today. It is already November. Hard to believe. It is. But when I start thinking about November, I start thinking about Advent, which is the season on the church calendar right before Christmas. It's how we prepare our hearts for Christmas and for Jesus' coming to earth as a little baby. And so we want to celebrate that. And one of the ways we're doing that this year with Lifeway Women is with an Advent reading plan. And so every Friday, beginning on November 30th, you can sign up to receive an email with a scripture plan for the week, ideas for prayer, phone wallpapers, fun printables, and more. And so we would love for y'all to be a part of that. Um, you can sign up at lifewaywomen.com slash advent. Yep. And so we will link to that in the show notes. And so if you guys aren't already checking those, go to lifewaywomen.com forward slash podcast. You'll find all the details about all of our episodes and we will link to where you can sign up to receive those emails. So here we go on to the episode. Welcome to this week's episode of the Mark Podcast. I am Mary Margaret. I'm Elizabeth Heinemann. And we are glad that you are here with us today listening um, to the podcast. I mean, it's been, I'm sorry that we had a little bit of a delay or a break in between this episode and the one prior to this one. Yes. We've been traveling. We've been traveling. We've been busy. (laughs) Elizabeth and I could not find a time to sit down and like actually schedule a podcast recording. And so we apologize for the delay, but thanks for picking right back up where we left off. Yeah, this is why it's important to subscribe. Yes. Because then it just automatically comes in whenever we post one. I know. So um, so we hope that you are subscribed and um, to the podcast. And if you have not yet, we would love for you to leave a rating and review on iTunes. It makes it easier for other people to be able to find the podcast. And so if you have not done that yet, it's super easy to do through the podcast app or through iTunes itself. Yeah. So anyway, well, today, as we kick into our episode, we have Becky Kaiser with us. Becky, how are you? I'm doing so good. It's so good to be with y'all. Good. Well, it's so fun. Like we're, I love this time of year. Like we're right in, you know, the thick of fall leaves. I don't know. Well, I guess you're in Houston. Do do y'all's leaves turn (laughs) We have green leaves and then they're brown and then they fall (laughs) to the ground. Like that's all you get. That's all you get. There are some years that that's what happens here. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, but as of now, it's a, it's a lot of reds and yellows and things like that. And so, um, you know, I'm just really enjoying fall, but we're rolling right into the holidays, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like when I looked at my calendar to see November 1st, like I was like, when did this happen? And how are we in the middle of November and all that kind of good stuff. And it's just kind of nuts. And so today we're going to chat a lot about the holidays and what it looks like and how to practically approach, um, and biblically approach, um, your family and holidays. And so too, we'll just go ahead and just throw this out there. But like, if you've got little ears listening today too, just keep in mind that we're talking about the holidays. And so if that's something, (laughs) maybe some secrets might be revealed. We don't know. I know. So just you moms be wise as you're listening today, whether you're and maybe you're like running an errand by yourself and you're just enjoying time alone or maybe you're in your minivan full of kids so just know that we're talking about holidays today and um Becky (laughs) oh go ahead I was gonna say the reason we're talking about holidays with Becky is because she wrote a book about them I know yeah tell us about sacred holidays Becky The Sacred Holidays is a resource for every woman to come to that includes every single holiday. And it's 
it starts off just helping us all set perspective, process through regrets we've had in the past, and then dream up what are some baby steps we can take in to have a better way. And then every holiday has its own chapter. So think about like how we all get overwhelmed by the constant scrolling and pinning of Pinterest. Mm -hmm. This is like all the best ideas, all the best information for each holiday in a chapter. So I mean, Mm -hmm. New Year's, Valentine's, Lent, Easter, summer, every single one, Halloween, Thanksgiving, we cover them all. And then the book wraps up with six common struggle chapters. So where we can deal with having realistic expectations, how to not be that Christian, budget, (laughs) planning, all those kinds of things just to help. To me, it was the resource I wish I always had Mm. where I could just like pick it up 30 days before a holiday and say, I want this one to matter. I want this one to be significant. And it's your game plan. It gives you all the best ideas to start with. But then there's journaling sections so that you can say, next year, I heard a friend did this. I want to try this. Or we did this this year, and I don't ever want to do this again. <laughs> <laughs> Not that <laughs> yeah, any of us have ever, ever experienced yeah, that before. I mean, like, some people might. So we just put it in there for the few that might Right, have right. <laughs> so... That's what it's there for, just to equip women, to encourage them, to engage them. So we don't live, what what I noticed for myself and so many friends, and I'm sure y'all could relate to this, is I got into the mentality of like, I was so excited about the holidays before they happened. And then I was so ready for them to be over when I was in the midst of them. Mm. Yeah. And a lot of times too, like as a Christian, in, in pairing with that feeling of like, I want this to be over already, I also felt a lot of shame. Because I realized, especially for the spiritual holidays, I had not connected with Jesus at all, you know, like at all. And so I wanted, that's why I created Sacred Holidays, the ministry a few years ago of, I wanted for myself and for my friends and for women all over the world to just be able to come to a place and say, I want to love God with my whole heart. I want to love others with everything in me. So that was the start of all of this. I love it. And, And tell us, would you tell us a little bit about your family and kind of like, and really how you did get started with Sacred Holidays? Yeah. So I live in the Woodlands, Texas, which is 30 minutes north of Houston. Mm. And I have been married to Chris for 11 years. And we have three girls, a three-year-old, a five-year-old, and an eight-year-old. So everybody's eyes always get really big when they're like, three girls. And <laughs> so I tell people, we have a lot of twirling and tantrums mm. and, and giggles and dance parties and glitter in every crevice of our house. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's so, so fun, though. It's so fun. And sacred holidays really started for me are making my holidays sacred, which just means holy and set apart started when my oldest was a baby. And I just, I I had so many people say to me in that season, like, Oh, the holidays are going to be magical for you again. Now that we could play Santa, you know? Right. And, and then I, I coupled that coupled with feeling all this regret on Christmas Eve, holding that candle, singing silent night and realizing I'd missed Jesus. Mm -hmm. I wanted, I, my husband and I, we, I'm like, I want to start a social experiment. Like, what if we, what if we do things a little bit different and we approach <laughs> it from a different perspective, so that we could have this whimsical, magical feel, feel deeply rooted in our faith mm. that isn't contingent on whether or not we have kids in our life who believe in a fictional person. Yeah. yeah. So, I stepped into eight years ago, trying to just, it started with Advent. I'm just like, I, I want to focus on Advent, much like y'all are encouraging your ladies to do with a reading plan is it started Mm -hmm. that way of, I wanted to step in there and just, what does it look like to pursue Christ? So four years ago, I started the ministry sacred holidays with my first Advent Bible study of, okay, for myself and my friends, let's go through God's word and people bought it. (laughs) And, and then, so then the next year I decided to do it again. And that's when we started as a ministry three years ago, doing Advent and Lent resources. And now 
resources for all the holidays. We're constantly growing and doing new materials. But it's just going into that place of realizing both for myself, for my community, and for women all over, we need better resources that engage our hearts around the word, don't water it down, but really push us in growing closer to Jesus and help equip us. Like I'm like, just somebody tell me what to do and I'll do it, but ain't nobody got time to do all the pictures pinning. At least right. not for me. Yes. Oh my goodness. I totally like that I I feel that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and see, I love the Pinterest stuff. Like I would totally be the person that's making all the like place cards with everyone's right. name on it and Elizabeth, all that. Kind of stuff. We should plan a party together. And we like, should. Can, you can do that part. I'll do other things. Yeah. I'll sure. entertain everyone. Yeah, yes. I don't the enjoy the <laughs> entertainment part. So you do that yeah oh my goodness (laughs) you know and as we as we get close to I mean we're right here like at the holidays basically at this point like Thanksgiving like the bigger holiday yeah the ones we think about as the holidays we're wrapping up the year like all of that like you know Thanksgiving is right upon us Christmas is right after that New New Year's Year's, you know and and some people are already you know like decking their halls like they're already getting you know getting stuff ready and like and I don't know if you've been in Hobby Lobby lately or anytime in the last (laughs) they start in July yeah but there has been Christmas stuff out at Hobby Lobby forever now which I get it for you crafty people you need time to prep all of your things right you know but you know some people it's like you said earlier some people just sort of want to get through it by the Mm -hmm. end of it and just kind of go oh let me just survive this you know so what what would you say to to women like that are in that situation or that are really thriving and enjoying this like how would you encourage them right now that's such a good question. And honestly, it's what I was naturally just about to say to the two of you. Of, <laughs> like, Elizabeth, you love like the Pinterest and the pinning. And Mary, you're, you're like, oh, you know, I'll take it or leave it. But I still want to celebrate. I think y'all represent women at large, really. Yeah. And what I would say to both of you and to all the women listening is, listen, we have got to give ourselves some freedom to be ourselves. And if you are, I want to scroll Pinterest and pin Pinterest and live Pinterest for all the holidays, then do that. Like go crazy with that. And if you're like, you know what? I'm just not into it. You don't like you. We each have freedom to be ourselves. If I were to give an extra step of encouragement for each of you, I would say for those who are super into the holidays, like you like really want to live all your Pinterest pins make reality. (laughs) I would just simply say like, don't stress yourself out. Like don't get like the story that we hear a lot in women's ministry is that whole Mary and Martha like story constantly. Right. Mm -hmm. But the thing that like strikes me most is that Jesus didn't rebuke Martha for her, for serving. He didn't rebuke her, like say, stop doing this because someone had to do those things. Right. He rebuked her for being distracted in the serving. Mm. And so I think what we need to take to note is in all these holidays, are we being distracted in the shopping? Are we being distracting in the decorating? Are we being distracted in, in, in the party, like in all of it, if it's a distraction from others or distraction from the Lord, then it's something we need to reevaluate. Yeah. And then for all the friends who are in the, I'm not so into holidays or I'm just like, whatever I would, I would say one of two things, either one, give yourself grace. Like my best friend in the whole world, she did not own a Christmas tree until last year. Like (laughs) she had, she actually, she got the Charlie Brown Christmas tree because she's like, I, I really just don't like this holiday. She is and she's my best friend. So we are complete opposites, obviously, on this yeah. thing. I have a holiday industry. My best friend doesn't even have a tree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I would say I would say two things. Like, like I said initially, freedom to be you, but maybe get to the root of it too. Like, what is at your your core of why you're not wanting to celebrate it? Is it fear? Is it frustration? And allow invite the Lord into even that and, and let him expose what maybe needs to be dealt with. And then once you've done that, 
you have freedom to be you. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Well, Becky, we need to know what your favorite holiday is. Do you know I get asked this question <laughs> every single time? And I, I like need to go back to all different podcasts because I'm pretty sure I do a different one. Every That's time. awesome. That's the best. Holiday writer is supposed to choose a favorite holiday. Um, I would say my favorite one to do with others is Halloween, what we just celebrated. Like mm-hmm. I, I know that's an unusual one for um, a Christian to have as their favorite, but I love the the magic of it. I love that it brings all my neighbors out. I love that it's just, it feels like people's guards are down where Mm -hmm. I feel like now, like during Christmas, people are a little, I don't know, like, is it happy holidays? Is, am I going to offend people if I say Merry Christmas? Like there's so much like we're aren't, we aren't sure is not everybody celebrates Christmas. Like there's, I feel like a greater tension. So I love the freedom just with the people who don't go to my church, who aren't like that, that we instantly have this connection and community with Halloween. And then for myself personally, I like, I love birthdays. Like I think mm. it is the time to go all out on others, the time to go all out on yourself. And there's something so beautiful about just, it's a new season, like to get to reflect on the past year, mm-hmm. surrender those, the regrets of the year, the shame of the year to Jesus. And to just invite him into the next year and dream about like, God, what are you going to do with this season? So my birthday is my favorite one for myself and for others, but really like a greater community. I love celebrating Halloween. So good. That's I love fun. that. You know, and, and I think it is different for everybody. Every, mm-hmm. you know, there, I've, one of my friends growing up, her favorite holiday was St. Patrick's Day because she loved the color, color green. And so, you know. <laughs> for a while, I love that too. <laughs> yeah. I love it. For, a, for a long time, mine was uh, New Year's Eve. I mm-hmm. loved celebrating that. And I also really like Thanksgiving, which yes. is an American holiday. I feel like we, we do need to give that disclaimer because I learned recently when I was abroad that uh they don't do halloween like we do so they were like what's halloween like over there is it a big deal and i was like yeah it's, yeah, a, it's a pretty big deal yeah. yeah so um thanksgiving is our american holiday but canadians yeah. celebrate it too just a different time mm-hmm. yeah. you know and i think as, as elizabeth and i were looking at your book like it and talking about it earlier one of the things that I love the most about it that we both said is like how practical it is. Like that, yes. it's just yeah. a lot of really practical tools and helps yeah. and and things that um, you know make a big difference in the long run when it comes to yeah. um, to planning and preparing. And and like even the cover says, it's about le- less chaos and more Jesus. Yeah. And so like, yeah. how do we put those things into balance? And so like, I think my question would be like, what are some really quick practical steps that people can take like before we ramp up? You know, before right. Thanksgiving gets here, before Christmas gets here. You know. Um, to create less chaos while growing closer to Jesus at the same time. Yes. I'm so glad you like, that's like the best thing to hear because (laughs) that was the intent is it would be easy to pick up. It's literally, it's like a 20 minute read every season because you're just reading little chapters at a time or going to those common struggle chapters if you need them. So I would, some of my, my top advice that I'd give to women is number one, realistic expectations. And we actually have an entire chapter in the book for it just because I think that is the biggest route to all of us having a, um, a harder holiday season mm-hmm. is realistic expectations for ourselves and realistic expectations of others. Mm-hmm. And one of the things like very practical that everyone can do, like we're a week and a half out from Thanksgiving and weeks away from Christmas. So we are going to be surrounded by a lot of family. And for some of us, that's just like the best day ever. And for some of us too, it could be, there's going to be people there that we don't get along with that have hurt us deeply. Um, all kinds of circumstances that we walk into it. It's, it's a, it's a, can be an awkward melting pot as much as we totally love it. Yeah. And so 
one of the things I do before Thanksgiving and Christmas is I literally just list out all the people I'm going to see. And I ask the Lord, how, what can I realistically expect from them? And at sometimes this can sound a little bit like you're not being very faithful because, but I think as women, it, it's wisest if we say, okay, listen, um, for example, this person is always late. I can expect them to always be late. Or this person um, is going to say sarcastic things about me. Like, let's list out some of the things we can expect from them. Or this person's not a Christian. Are they not supportive of what I do? List out some of those things and surrender it to the Lord and say, Lord, help me to love them for exactly who they are. I see who they are. And then bring in your faith to it and say, God, I, I want you to change this relationship. It has been a tense one for five years, 10 years, 35 years, and I'm asking you to redeem it. And so mm -hmm. we bring in our realistic expectations. We partner that with our faith, but simply doing this practice a few years ago has radically shifted how I approach the holidays where I used to like, I'm one of those people, I don't know what y'all are like, but I'm one of those, I'm like 125% or I'm 5%. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of the same <laughs> with people of like, <laughs> I, I can see what people are capable of and I hold them to that standard. I hold myself to that same standard and I always get let down, you know, because yeah. I'm like, I know you could be or I know what I could be and why is nobody being our potential? And it drives me crazy about myself and others. And so once I stepped in and said, listen, I can expect this person to behave this way. Then when I see that it's different, I can give glory to God and be like, Lord, you have redeemed this relationship or Lord, you healed and protected me so that it wasn't something that distracted me mm -hmm. that, that didn't bring me down. So that realistic expectation element, I think is, will be the biggest game changer for women. Yeah, that, that makes a ton of sense. And I think it's, it's, it's a way to guard our hearts and to be wise as we go into the holidays to yeah. say, I'm not going to expect more of people than I actually should, because I think then it gives us an opportunity in some moments to be pleasantly surprised when we are, yes, right. but also to not expect things out of people that they're just not ready, willing, or able to give to us. And, yes, and so often yes. I feel like my crazy comes out when I'm around my family and I'm just going to be totally yes. honest and say yes, that. Like, yes. and I think some of it, we go into these roles that we play, like, you know, at, oh. with our family that we don't play with other people sometimes yeah, because right. it's the way that it's always been. And so I've had to just, as my brothers have gotten married, now that I've gotten married, you know, as my, my, you know, immediate family unit has shifted in the last few years, yeah. you know, I've had to change my expectations of kind of what I get or what I'm looking for yes. or what I need from people. And it has taken so much of the pressure off. Mm -hmm. And I think it, yes. it creates a much more peaceful environment and, a, you know, one where like, I'm not setting myself up to be disappointed by other people. Right. And so yes. like, now that I've just been in therapy for the last <laughs> two minutes, but well, like, I think it also, <laughs> I was going to say, I think it also allows you to create like what your reaction will be ahead of time. Yeah. So it's like if I always if I know that this person is most likely going to be late, then I can go ahead and decide how I'm going to react to that so that in the moment I'm not letting, you know, my sinful self decide that. Like I've already right. gone to the Lord with prayer and asked him to help me to react in yeah. this way towards someone. And so maybe there's a chance that I'll react the more Christ-like way if I've already thought through how that yeah. should be. Yeah. And and so that, I think that's good. And I think one thing I'm really glad there are two other things I wanted to say about the book just that I noticed as I was looking through and, and reading is that in the beginning you say this is a book to keep out all year long. And mm -hmm. I love that because mm -hmm. it's, you know, holidays come throughout the year right. and it's something I think it's very like – 
tangible that way of just going, yeah. hey, like, let me just look right. at what's coming next, not everything that's happening. Um, and then right. also, too, how at the end in those, um, just in the end chapters, like where you talk about um, the common, the, common struggles, yes, mm-hmm. about yep. like how you talk about grief, like that people right. in some seasons are walking through, a, like that this year, Thanksgiving and Christmas, for some of you who are listening today, are going to look different yeah. than they've ever looked before. Yeah. And so, you know, to just prepare yourself for what that looks like, but also for uh, those of us who know and love those people who, for some reason, through you know some sort of loss or death or something that's happened this year you know those holidays are going to look and feel a lot different you know maybe it's a divorce or you know some other circumstance and how can we be be mindful of those situations and love on those people Mm -hmm. and I love that you gave those kind of practical helps at the end that I think is a a huge deal for a lot of people that we forget some of the hard parts of the holidays that that come in yes yes yeah and that I, I, I love that you love that because it wasn't in, in the initial outline, the, these things. And as I was writing the holiday chapters, I found myself saying these same things again and again. Mm-hmm. And it was like the Lord was showing me, listen, these are core common struggles, but sometimes they're not like I know there are seasons where I've walked through grief in the holidays and then I'll go years without it. Yeah, or right. like last year I did really good with realistic expectations, but every holiday before that I turned into the 13 year old version of myself. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know, like, so, so that's one of the reasons why we wanted to pull it apart is so that you didn't have to read it if it's a thing, if it's not a thing for you, but if yeah. it is a thing for you, pull it out. In fact, we did a book club. I've been doing a book club with our launch team and we started in these chapters and so many women are like, I need this every day. Like I need this reminder every day. And that's the hope is that this book is an encouragement that that we take these sacred days, which simply just means holy and set apart, these days that are set apart for celebration, but that those, instead of those being times where we take a dip in our walk with the Lord, a dip in how we rightly communi- do community with others, instead that these would be times and seasons where we go closer to the Lord, we grow closer to others so that we can continue running after Jesus. And they're yeah. not, these holidays I found for myself, and maybe y'all can relate that it's almost like I hit the pause button on my time with the Lord. It's almost like, I took 10 steps back in life instead of running more forward. And so the hope mm-hmm. is that by making our holidays sacred, holy and set apart and being about less chaos and more Jesus, that we we are greater disciples of Christ during all the ordinary days between the sacred holidays. Mm, I love it. Yeah. So a lot of times people think of the holidays as like a family time. Mm-hmm. And some may think that a book like this is just for moms. Yeah. So what would you say to people who are single or empty nesters or those without children who are celebrating the holidays during those seasons of their lives? Yeah, Elizabeth, I'm, I'm like so glad you asked this question and I'm going to answer it. But for all the ladies listening, this is not just an answer. If you read the book, this is like all of holidays. Right. I have noticed this trend for moms. It's like a natural thing. Like you're, you celebrate it for a lot of moms. It's like you're celebrating so your kids can celebrate. Mm-hmm. But then I noticed when I was single, when I had single friends and especially empty nesters, that there is this, the single and the empty nesters, we're not sure how to celebrate. And for singles, it's when do I graduate from the kids table? And mm-hmm. then for the empty nesters, it's like the magic is gone. Mm. And so I would say for both groups that you have to be intentional to create new traditions. And for those who are single, whether you're single in 25 or single in 45, it's saying, I'm going to, I'm going to 
be a grown up woman and I'm going to, I'm going to find ways to celebrate Jesus. I'm going to find ways to connect with him and you might have to work harder. It might not be as obvious of a traditional celebration. And when we wrote the book, we had you in mind. Like my hope is that, and it's been so fun to already get emails from singles and empty nesters saying, mm-hmm. thank you for making this book for me too. Mm-hmm. Because I want it to be a resource that my hope is this is like your grandmother's recipe cards that it's just like messy and covered in all kinds of things. And 20 years from now, it's one of your most treasured possessions because of how you've created and added to it and changed to it. And so it shouldn't matter. Like our holidays, that was kind of, as we talked at the beginning, my social experiment was I want it to be whether you're single or married or married with young kids or old kids or empty nesters or widowed, where at whatever season you find yourself in, that you can feel equipped and and excited and engaged with making your holidays holy and set apart. I love that. Yeah, that was something that um, I think it was Lori Wilbert said on Instagram a few years ago. She's talked about how she was starting to create traditions because she was single at the time. And she said, for a long time, I waited to create traditions because I was like, well, that's more of like a thing I want to do with my family someday. She was like, that day may not come. I hope right. it does, but it may not. And so she's, yeah. she was said, I just started creating traditions for yeah. myself. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so I took that to heart at the time and was like, okay, I got to start creating some traditions. Yeah. And some of them are not so holy. Like I watch Elf yes. every year while I'm decorating the yes. Christmas tree because <laughs> no one else in my family likes to watch it. So I'm like, all right, this is my thing. I'm going to watch yeah. this. And so, uh, but then there are some that like lighting Advent candles and yeah. um, things like that, that I think are really important. And it is it is, I guess everyone's holidays are always changing. So yeah. there's always going to be something different. And yeah. um, so always, I think traditions are traditional because they happen every year, but there's always right. the fact that, evolution. They all yeah, there's evolving. an evolution to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So good. And yes. and it just, I think for all of us, it's, ta- it's enjoying the season that we're in. And, right. and living that season to the mm-hmm. fullest, whatever that may be, and and not missing out on opportunities because we're the grass always looks. Somebody said this to me not long right. ago. The grass always looks greener on the other side, but on the yes. other side, it's usually astroturf. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and so it's like it's one of those where I think so we've we've got to take a really good look at our own lives, yes. where we are, and and always put that stuff up against scripture and and find where the truth right. truly mm-hmm. is. And and honestly, that leads into the next thing I was going to ask you is just you know how has your love for God's word and scripture um, shaped your views on the holidays? Hmm. That is, that is such, it's such a good question and such an interesting one. Um, you know, I, I feel like it hasn't, like, it's not a specific thing. You yeah. know, like, so for example, we just came through Halloween and we get a lot of emails, comments that are like, I can't believe you would promote this day. And, um, and here's the thing that I love about scripture and that I tell women all the time is we, we don't have to have a specific, there's not like a clear guideline, right? Like there's right, no yeah. book of the Bible that says thou shalt or shalt not celebrate such and such. And the, here is how thou shalt do it. Like there's, <laughs> there's, none of that, there's none of that in there. What for me, what I came to as I studied the life of Jesus again and again and again, as we just go through the word, that's why we need to be women who are in the word, not just reading what other people say about scripture, but yes. in his word ourselves. And when you study the life of Jesus, you see that he was about gathering with others. I mean, his very first miracle was done at a wedding. Like he was a clearly a one, someone who was at celebrations, a part of celebrations. 
But more than that, Jesus lived an intentional life. Like the people that he was with, he gathered around tables with them. He walked in crowds. Like he was always with others and, and about others. And so I wanted to, for me, it was that scripture was, was encouraging me to, how can I love, like if our greatest command is love God and then love others, that should, that should seep into the way that I do holidays too. And mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes we've separated these things if we've not been trained in them. And I think sometimes maybe the old way of doing church used to almost discourage, or it's maybe over legalized for lack of a better word, how we make our holidays sacred. And so our new generation feels a little lost because we don't want to be overly religious. We There's this desire to be more relevant while still being biblically rooted. We don't mm-hmm. want to be overly relevant. And so I think sometimes we can get a little bit lost in our pursuit of holidays if we if we don't stay gr- grounded in the word and and let it let God's command to love God and love others be a really genuine expression and a very intentional um, expression. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And how how can that move into the church celebrating holidays? Well, mm-hmm. you know, as a local church and just as the global church, as believers and followers of Christ, you know how. How can we do that well for our neighbors and for the lost yeah. and to, to really love on our communities? Mm-hmm. That That's good. Um, I, I always, to me, my encouragement is always start with yourself first. Like you can't, sometimes we're very quick, like let's push it to everybody and let's help everybody right. do this. Like yeah. that's women, we are helpers. So we do that. So <laughs> let me first just be very clear. I, and I know y'all would feel the same way of like, we must be about this first. Like the flight attendant says you put your oxygen mask on before you help anybody else. And so women, before you get to your core heart of loving others so well, like you probably naturally already do, make sure you're taking time to make this a sacred time for you first. Then as churches, like as local churches, so as our local gatherings, I think churches can rise up by buying encouraging and equipping people to do this. Let's let's have conversations of, okay, what does Advent look like? Like I know a lot of churches are starting to do Advent guides um, among some churches and what does that look like? Or let's train families on what does it mean to be a light at Halloween instead of there just be that, I don't know, can we do this? Can we not do this? Yeah. Or even doing like a course right before Thanksgiving, maybe account, bringing in counselors who can say, let's guide you through how to deal with some conflict at resolution and those kinds of That's things. That's a I great idea. Church, yeah, we just, we need to step into people's hurts and, and where they're actually at in a very genuine way. And I think that's going to change the course the church. If we step into what's already actually happening, how church leaders are already feeling themselves too, then I think we can do a lot greater work. Yeah. That's good. And then for the church at large, because you had asked for that, yes. too, like how global Christians, Christians all over the place. I, I think, you know, you had sent me that question. I was thinking about it and to me, what I kept thinking about was social media, because mm-hmm. all of us, right, we're all on social media. Like, that's kind of where you see Christians that you respect from a distance or friends that are in other places. And that's where we most consistently hang out a lot right. of times on Instagram or Facebook. And the the thing that I would challenge Christians with that context is during the holidays, let's let's try let's try to not compare so much Yeah. and value instead of comparison, value connection. And so it's saying that, you know, if you see somebody's Thanksgiving spread and Elizabeth, we see yours and you have the hand scripted <laughs> name tag, it's perfectly displayed table. And I'm looking at my folded table with paper napkins and instantly, or I'm sitting on the couch and I'm so frustrated because I just had a horrible conversation with a family member and, uh, but then I get onto Instagram because that's what I do when I'm bored Uh and I see your table full of people laughing and clinking glasses and it's 
beautiful. Instantly, that comparison and the shame seeps in. And what we have to remember is let's instead value. So instead, me choose in my little moment, because usually we're on social media when awesome things aren't happening in our life, right? Like we're bored or we're trying to fill in a gap. And instead say, you know what, Elizabeth, I'm, I'm going to celebrate you. Girl, you are awesome. Like you are so gifted in creating this atmosphere for people to feel loved and cherished and special. And if we can switch that instead of being like, oh, how did they get their kids to smile? I tried every <laughs> bright good and my kids would not smile. And um, it's just instead of feeling shame and comparison when we see people, let's as a church celebrate and learn from one another. Like instead of being like, they're the best mom ever. They did this with their kids or they must have the happiest couple relationship on the planet because look at how happy all the things he did for her on Valentine's Day. And instead of like instantly envying or comparing or letting shame seep in, let's say, I'm going to celebrate them and be so grateful because like you said, the grass is not always greener on the other side, right? Like they, this may be the one good moment of their whole day. Yeah. We don't know what diagnosis right, right. they're facing. We don't know what fights they had that day. We don't know what their bank account looks like. But what we know is that one moment for them was awesome. Awesome enough to share with us, our sis, their sister. Mm-hmm. And we're going to celebrate that instead of letting it be an opportunity for shame for ourselves. Yeah. So good. That's solid. And, you know, what, just to kind of wrap this up today, what, um, you know, because it's the Mark podcast, what, what has yeah. marked you? Yeah. I, I love that y'all ask this question every single time. Um, <laughs> the, the one, the thing that has marked me like truly and genuinely, it's going to sound like the Sunday school answer, but like, is just that time with the Lord. And that's why I'm so passionate about it in the ministry is, it's, it's those times when I want to sleep longer or I wanted to go to bed earlier. And instead I'm saying, no, I, I need to read through scripture. Like right now we're going through, it's been such an exciting season with the book launch, but personally, um, in community, we're going through some really, really hard things right now. And so it's been like this really heavy, dark cloud over the most exciting season of my life. But I've been reading through the new Testament and going through the gospels. And I just finished up, finished up acts and going into Romans and just seeing what the early church endured, what Jesus endured has put in light all that I'm going through right now. Like, Lord, this, this doesn't disqualify me from things. This doesn't mean I need to focus more here or this, the weight of this is, is on point. Like the follower, your followers, your, your followers, when you're alive and your followers just after your death and resurrection, they went through so much. Like what I'm going through feels insignificant to the things that I just read about that your disciples faced right after your death. And so I can continue on in sharing the gospel because they did. So that time alone with the Lord is something we have to have to guard and protect. And if we don't know what to do with it, we have to ask. And so my my like part two, can I share two with y'all? Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm going to like cry my hardest not to cry on a podcast and sharing <laughs> this. Um, for me, like Lifeway has been a mark on my life. And I've, sh- I've gotten to share this with a few people through this whole process, but I was 16 years old when I became a Christian and I went to the mall all the time and I pa- I would pass this store on the outside that said Lifeway Christian Bookstores. And when I became a Christian at 16, it was just one of those radical things. Like I, I, w- I was not, nobody would have guessed at 16 that I'd be writing <laughs> Bible studies for sure. Um, and the Lord just like radically changed me, radically. It was like instantly. And I knew I needed to get a Bible and my family wasn't, I didn't grow up in a Christian discipleship home or anything like that. And so 
I knew I needed a Bible if I was going to follow Jesus. And so I remember seeing a sign that said Lifeway Christian Bookstore. And so I was like, I'm going to go in there and see if they have a Bible. And I walked into that bookstore and spread out all the Bibles. And the people were helping me explain what does New Living Translation, how is that different from NIV? Like I knew none of these things. And and so now like to look at, so that was exactly 20 years ago that I walked into my first Lifeway Christian Bookstore and to, to get my first Bible ever. And, and over the years, it's like the, the books and the Bible studies on those aisles have discipled me. And so it's been a really sweet full circle moment of now I just had a book twenty exactly 20 years later from that time in my life that is written by Lifeway. Like it is, it is not lost its wonder on me. And it was the sweetest moment too, of my local one in the woodlands, I had a delay on their shipment of the study of the book, the Sacred Holidays book, and I had to go back to my old mall Lifeway bookstore, <laughs> and because it, it's the next closest one to me. And I remember walking in, and it's on the end cap, and I just like fell to my knees, and the Lifeway people were kind of coming around, and like through tears, I'm just saying like I just like can't get over God, like the full circle moments. And so yeah. my encouragement to women like listening to this is like. It is all those times is from that first moment picking up that Bible and then for 20 years saying, you are my obsession. Like, I don't care if I have Bible studies and books and bookstores. Like, I mean, I do because I want God to use it in greater ways. But there are all these things that that we don't we want the end game so much that we forget that it was 20 years of being obsessed with Scripture, 20 years of reading all the books and Bible studies that y'all fill your shelves with and and then a full circle moment of Jesus saying, I, I'm going to use all that I have invested and entrusted in you to bring, to help other women all over the world, make their holidays holy and set apart. And I just like sobbed in that Lifeway store and it, the women that worked there were hugging me. And it was just a sweet moment just to remember the tenderness of Jesus when you're faithful mm. to him over a long stretch, that he does what seems completely impossible to you. Like yeah. I didn't know what Lifeway was. I just knew it had Christian in his name. So I went into the store. I love it. I love that so much. And it's it's just cool to see how things come full circle and yeah. how God is able to do those things in such a way that um that only he can. And mm-hmm. so we're we're grateful for you. We're grateful to Thank to you. call you a partner in ministry and just yes. are excited to see how God uses this book and resource just yeah. to to equip women all over the world um with with being wise and how they um they go about their holidays and and with truly making them sacred and pointing back to Jesus. So thank you so much for spending time with us today. Thank you all. I loved being with you today. It's so fun. It's been such a blast. And so um, we hope that you guys will pick up a copy of Sacred Holidays. We will link to it in the show notes. You can pick it up at your local Mm -hmm. Lifeway bookstore, wherever you are, if you're near one. And and also don't forget about the Advent calendar Mm -hmm. and um, and all being a part of the the Bible reading plan that goes along with that that we talked about at the top of the episode. We will also link to that. So we will see you guys next time on the Bark Podcast. Bye. Bye, y'all. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to join in the conversation, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at MaryMargaretC and at EDHeinman. Use the hashtag MarkPodcast to connect with us. You can also find Lifeway Women on all social media channels at Lifeway Women. All of today's show notes will be posted at LifewayWomen.com forward slash podcast. If you love the show, leave an iTunes review. It's a great way for other people to hear about the show. We'll see you next time.